um, I just wanted to come up here and share a testimony of mine. Uh, many of you know what uh, many of you know what I've been through, but I'm just gonna say it anyways. <laughs> so um, I'm Aaron Cruz. I'm the pastor's son. Hi. <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna get started. So I have it written down on my phone. So I'm gonna be looking down frequently. So it goes like this. I started my walk with God in 2010. I was only eight years old at the time, and I just gave my life to the Lord because I thought it was something I was required to do. Being a pastor's son is not so easy. It comes along with a lot of attention, as well as having to feel as if I need to be quote-unquote perfect, which I definitely was not. Around 2017 is when my life took a complete turnaround. I was acting rebellious, leaving the wonderful family I had behind. Life was not pretty at home. I mostly came home under the influence and not in the correct state of mind. It was sad because now I realized how hurt my family was because of my decisions. I allowed Satan to take a hold of me and just do whatever he wanted to. I was like his little puppy. He introduced a girl in my life that wasn't a good influence at all. And a year went by that I was dating this girl. During this time, she influenced me to try new drugs and as well as have an illicit relationship, which I have never had before. I started getting into bad arguments with my parents, leaving the house whenever I wanted to, and acting as if they weren't my parents at all. This girl was also involved in demonic activity, and she even tried to get me to try these things, but because of the, how I was raised, I never gave in. In the back of my mind, I knew what I was doing was wrong, and I knew I was hurting my loved ones, but I just continued on with my behavior. As I continued on living the way I was, my faith in the Lord decreased every day. Since that girl was making it seem as if my faith in God was just a figment of my imagination, I started to believe her. It came to a point in my life where I started to question if God was even real. As I stood in the atmosphere of people partying, drinking, and smoking, I started to wonder if this is what life is all about, and I just gave in. My bondage grew stronger and stronger every day. It was holding me back from what God has intended for my life. He knew that this wasn't the right way of living, and he knew that this life wasn't meant for me. The date was March 21st, 2019. I was sent to a Christian correctional facility in Orlando, Florida. This wasn't forced upon me. I felt as if I needed to send myself there in order to get my schooling back on track and also my walk with God. Eventually, I came to realize that God really did move in my life while I was at this facility. He showed me his love by comforting me when I was alone in this program. I had no communication with anyone from outside of that program, including my parents. My only friend was Jesus. During this time away, I really got to know Jesus Christ on a whole other level. I came to realize that what I was doing was wrong, and I was brokenhearted for the way that I treated my parents and my family back home. April 20th, 2019 was the day I decided to rededicate my life to the Lord. I knew I had become a Christian again because I felt his presence fill the atmosphere. He really spoke to me that night and told me that he has big, plan big plans for me, things that I didn't even see myself doing. Ever since that day, I've been serving the Lord faithfully, and I'm a youth leader at my dad's church, and I speak into the lives of the teenagers at my church. I also disciple a few boys that went through the same events that I went through. I thank God every day for turning my life around because I know if I stayed in that lifestyle, I wouldn't be who I am today. I just thank God. I thank the Lord. Hallelujah.
One thing, everybody stand to your feet for a moment, please, if you don't mind. One thing that um, you all may not realize is that today, obviously, is March the 1st, and today, my son is, turns 18. Today's his birthday. <laughs> um, and I want to thank, I want to thank the Lord because many of you, you know, one thing about the Cruz family in this church is that we try to be as transparent as possible. And we try to be as real as possible because if we're not transparent, then you may not realize that you are able to overcome the situations and adversities in your own life. If you view me as some kind of uh, a, a superhero, if you will, then it, your victory seems so far away. But when you look at our life and see that we go through the same things you go through because we're human, in the same way that God brings us through, He'll bring you through. And many of you remember, many of you remember, some of you do, that I could be walking through the hallway. You might meet me in the hallway, greet me, and tell me how things are going in your family, and I would just break down and begin to weep. And all I would say was, please pray for my son. Because that was during the heat of this bondage that he was in. But I'm telling you that there's something in the, there's a power in fasting, in praying, in confessing the word of God over your situations. Is there an amen? Come on. Let's give the Lord a clap. Out and thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to ask if the young people can please be dismissed. The youth be dismissed and go up to your, your class. Glory to God. Well, we've been so blessed by our young people today, haven't we? Boy, they are on fire, and that's a testament of what's happening up there. Uh, they're not just... ...for one another. They pray for each other. God moves in powerful ways. Thank, thank God for... Uh, Carlos and his, and his precious wife, amen. Carlos Cedeno that has been pulling this out of them and just releasing them to, to, uh, to do what God has called them to do. Is there an amen? amen? Glory to God. You know, you know that um, the Bible teaches us that when God spoke to, when God spoke to Adam, somebody say Adam, say it again. Say it again. When God spoke to Adam, he spoke to him, and immediately Adam's heart was captured by his creator. He was captured by his creator. The Bible says that he was so captured by the creator that he began to spend time with him and meet with him on a daily basis. One of the number one requirements, if you will, 
or one of the responses of Adam toward God was that of loyalty. He was loyal to God. Loyal to God. And one of the things that I'll tell you that we have been teaching uh, our own family, and one of the things that I seek with all of my heart to teach my children, uh, in particular my son Aaron as well, is to be loyal to God. To be loyal to God. I want you to, I want you, I want to read a scripture to you. This is not a part of the scriptures that I gave uh, the, uh, our media team here, but I just want to read this one scripture that is found in, um, in the Bible, in the book of, uh, one second here. Did I save it? No, I don't think I did. Okay. Nevertheless, the scripture that I want to read to you all, or quote if, if you will, is, is found in the Psalms. And it says this, it says that God is looking for loyalty. Everybody say, God is looking for loyalty. There's a version that says, God is looking for those who will be loyal to him. Loyal to him. You know, the word loyal or the word loyalty, we don't hear that word quite often, not in our society. Not in our society. We don't hear the word loyal or loyalty too much. And one of the things that Adam was to God in the beginning of his life, of his existence, was loyal to God. That's what God desired. The moment that God breathed into this creation called Adam or man, the moment that he breathed into him, life sprung forth. I said life sprung forth. Can I prophesy to somebody today? God wants to breathe life into your marriage. He wants to breathe into your chaos. He wants to breathe into your situation. No matter what it is, no matter how difficult it is, God is still breathing into lifeless things. I said God is still breathing into dead things. God is still breathing into immobile things, things that are not moving, things that are not in motion. Are you listening to me? God wants to breathe into your situation. Somebody say, breathe, Lord. Come on, say breathe now. Breathe now. Say it again. Breathe say breathe into my situation. Breathe say breathe into my marriage. Into Come on, say breathe into my, into my life. Breathe into my prayer life. Somebody shout amen. amen. God will breathe into your finances. God will breathe into your business. Did you hear me? God, if you think you're doing good business-wise, wait till the breath of God comes on your business affairs. I'm telling you right now that God can take you from one place to another, and all you have to do, glory to God, is receive the breath of God, the breath of life into your situation. Somebody shout yes! God breathed life into my family. He breathed life eight years ago into my marriage when my marriage was about dead. He breathed life into my teenager, teenager's life. He breathed life 
into Aaron's heart. When Aaron was already thinking that God didn't even exist. That God was a figment of his imagination. When he got to the point where he thought that drugs and high, getting high and, and, and partying was what life was offering him. When he got to the point where he was just simply ready to turn away from everyone that loved him. Hear me. God remembered him. And God came down and he took dirt and he took this lifeless uh, piece of, of clay and he began to shape it and he began to form it and then he took it close to his bosom and he began to breathe life. And this teenager that could have easily been another statistic that could have easily been another wayward child turned around and became alive in God once again. Somebody shout amen. I'm telling you right now, and I'm prophesying to somebody, I wasn't even going here, but God wants me to camp out here right now for just a little bit. But I'm telling you, get ready. God is getting ready to breathe into your business, into your marriage, into your finances. God is getting, to, getting ready to breathe. He will breathe. He will breathe. He will breathe life. He will breathe life. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how it seems. God wants to breathe life. He wants to breathe life back into your dead situation. Life! Somebody say amen to that. Glory to God. God is looking for loyalty. And today we start a two-part series under the title, The Power of All, we are subtitling this message, The Power of Loyalty. Everybody say, The Power of Loyalty. Most men will proclaim every one his own goodness. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 20, verse 6, it says, Most men will proclaim every one his own goodness. But a faithful man, who can find? The word faithful there is synonymous in the Hebrew with the word loyal. So whenever you see the word faithful in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it is literally a Hebraic synonym to the word loyalty or loyal. Everybody say loyal. And I want to forge a new way of thinking into this church. I want to forge a new way of thinking into this culture. Uh, I want to forge into your psyche, your spiritual psyche, uh, this idea of loyal or loyalty. Somebody say amen. Because we have lost the idea of loyalty in our culture. Uh, loyalty is not, is not congruent with our cultural pursuits or cultural mindsets. Many don't realize that loyalty is a major component of fellowship. It's a major component of God's design for man. Somebody say amen. amen. Another word for loyalty is faithfulness. As I mentioned, it can be defined as an ability. Listen, loyalty 
an ability to remain committed to a cause. Everybody say that. An ability to remain committed to a cause, committed to a person, or committed to a community, no matter what happens. See, that's what distinguishes loyalty from convenience. Because loyalty will stick with something no matter what. We're in this thing together. We're doing this thing. Uh, we are committed to this. We are faithful to the cause. Is there an amen? I am either loyal to God or I am not. See, how do you know you're loyal to God? Because you will continue to love Him, continue to pursue Him, continue to seek Him, no matter what. And I say, no matter what. Because how many of you know that usually things happen in life? Is there an amen? Things that can be categorized as inexplicable, as why, woe is me, why did this happen to me? Are you listening to me? And so a lot of times we can test our loyalty to God based on our responses to outward circumstances that don't agree or don't necessarily feel good. Some people are loyal to God until all hell breaks loose. Some people are loyal to God until something dies. Some people are loyal to God until something goes array some people are loyal to God until their paycheck is uninterrupted some people are loyal to God until their body all of a sudden suffers some kind of illness some people are loyal to God until someone rises up against them you see loyalty is not conditional Loyalty understands this person is worthy or deserving of my loyalty and no matter what happens from this point on, I'm going to be here, we're going to fight through this thing together, we're going to make this thing happen, and if something is inexplicable, well, we'll find an answer, we'll find a way, we'll find a w an understanding that we may not have right now, but the bottom line is, you are stuck with me for life, I'm not going anyplace, God, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life, in my youth, I remembered the Lord, He has been good to me, is there an amen, and when I am old and gray, I will continue to bless you. I will continue to praise you. I will continue to magnify your name. It doesn't matter who falls to my left and who falls to my right. I will continue seeking the face of Almighty God because God is looking for a loyal somebody. I said God is looking for a loyal somebody. Is there an amen in the house? I bump into people all the time, whether in the mall, on the street, in a park, wherever. Hey, you serving God, man? What church are you going to? No, haven't been, haven't been going to church. Why? That's my question. Why? 
Well, you see, my mom died. My grandma died, and I was praying, asking God to heal her, but, but she ended up dying anyhow. So all of a sudden, what happens? God is at fault. The thing about disloyal people, I want to talk to you about a few things. Now, I only have about 10 more minutes. Because whatever God was going to do in this service, he already did. Now, if you're religious, you'll be like, well, I need the word, pastor. Hold on. You need a move. Because you get the word every week. You get the word every week, and you ought to be getting the word every day. Is there an amen? What we need is to put spirit on the letter. Is there an amen? You put spirit on the letter, you have a Holy Ghost explosion. Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. Glory to God. Now watch this. Where was I? <laughs> All right. I've got 10 minutes. Isn't that interesting? You all remember that. Don't remember anything I said before that. All you remember is we got 10 minutes. Many people don't realize that loyalty is the ability to remain committed to a cause or a person or a group, if you will, no matter what happens. Loyalty, listen to me very carefully, is an attitude of devotion and duty to people, ideas or ideals. So you can be loyal to people, you can be loyal to a person, you can be loyal to an idea or an ideal, uh, a, set of, of, a set of norms, a set of, of, of goals, a set of principles, if you will. Somebody say amen. In Christian service, loyalty plays a major role. As a believer, loyalty plays a major role. Listen to me carefully. The Bible says that faithfulness is a requirement of stewardship. Uh, let's, let's play with the word faithfulness there and use it with its synonym, loyalty. Loyalty is a requirement of stewardship. You cannot be a good steward of what God has given you without being loyal to the one who gave you that gift, gave you that ability, gave you those resources. Is there an amen in the house? Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 4.2. It says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful or must prove to be what? Faithful or loyal. Everybody say loyal. loyal. Glory to God. Listen, every organization or church that is progressing, moving forward, that is doing something, impacting a community, impacting lives, is usually, hear me, an organization that enjoys the support of loyal people. Loyal people. You cannot have a movement without loyalty. You might want to write that down. You cannot have a movement without loyalty. You might want to put that as a Facebook post. 
because you'll all be putting some jacked up things. But anyways. <laughs> Somebody say amen to that. Listen, whenever you see a leader excelling, it is because he has loyal followers. You, you cannot excel as a leader if you don't have loyalty as the impetus pushing you into your destiny. Somebody say amen. A local church like Faith World can only thrive when it is blessed with loyal members whose aim is to serve and protect the ministry, the work that God has called us to do alongside your pastor. Somebody say amen. So how do you, how do you know that you are indeed following someone's leadership? How do you know that? Well, by your loyalty to them. Hear this. And their cause, no matter what. No matter what challenges, no matter what distractions may come, somebody say amen. A loyal person is not deterred by any circumstantial incidents. He or she is too focused on the overall goal to be distracted. Is there an amen? In other words, you're focused. I grew up with a wonderful man that I am so honored to have called my pastor for somewhere in the neighborhood of 38 years. He went to be with the Lord. And when this man died, we were concerned about his family, concerned over his wife, because this man was a godly, godly leader in my life. He was a father in my life. Let me tell you something about loyalty. Loyalty to a leader. Your loyalty to a leader is not dependent on what you can get from that leader. I'm going to say that again. Because we have a whole bunch of folks that are not loyal to their spiritual fathers or to leaders in their life because they have made an assessment that they can no longer get anything from this man or this woman. And because they no longer have anything that, that they want, or this leader cannot offer them anything more, um, their loyalty stops there. Their loyalty ends there. Which means... You were never loyal in the first place. Because loyalty is sticking with a person, a cause, an ideal, no matter what. It is not dependent on what you can get from them. I'm not, if, if, if my loyalty is dependent on what you can give me to better me, then my loyalty is not worth a dime. You see, you're confusing, you're confusing loyalty for 
a welfare condition. I'm looking for a handout. And I'll follow you and walk with you and be with you as long as I can get that handout. And as long as I can get that handout from you, as long as you can improve me, as long as you can build me up, as long as you can give me something, I will stick with you. But the moment you stop, the moment that I have already exhausted my resource, my loyalty ends there. And that is happening in the body of Christ. Like you cannot imagine. Are you listening to me? I thank God for my pastor. I was with him till the very end. I loved him. He loved me. He loved his spiritual sons and daughters. I wasn't with my pastor because of what I could get from him or out of him. Because I could have gotten other things from other people. In fact, I did. I would go to pastor's conferences. I would go to... Uh, leadership conferences and take away a great deal of knowledge and understanding. I had, I had mentors in my life that were pouring in and spent hours talking to me, pouring into me at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, giving me the tools and the know-how and so on and so forth as I was growing up as a young pastor. Are you listening to me? Imagine if I would have said, well, Pastor Johnny which was my pastor, I no longer need you. I have this person pouring into me now. So sayonara, thank you very much for everything you gave me. But now I found someone else. My loyalty was never worth a dime. You all quiet in this. What are you today, Episcopalians? I don't know. You see, you have to understand that the body of Christ is built on loyalty. Loyalty, not convenience. It's not based on convenience. Nowadays, we have pastors running from here to here to there. You're my spiritual father now. Hey, let me kiss your ring. No, you're my spiritual father now. I stay with him for two or three years. You're my spiritual father now. That's a bunch of baloney. I call it BS. Baloney and salami. Don't think any... You all got to clean yourselves up here. BS, baloney, salami. That's all it is. Is that all right? So what God has called us to build, he's called us to build in the power of? And we cannot operate in the power of? Unless we understand loyalty. Am I telling you that you need to be loyal to a sinful leader? Is that what I'm saying? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're not telling you to stay loyal to a sinful, wicked leader. But if your leader, if your pastor is a godly man, she's a godly woman, she prays, he prays and fasts and knows how to seek the face of God, is if he delivers a faithful word on a week-to-week -week basis, 
If his counsel to you is more than a mere opinion of man, but it is the counsel of Almighty God, if the direction he gives you is a direction toward righteousness and godliness, then you have absolutely no excuse to become disloyal. Is there an amen? Because all you're going to ever do is perpetuate disloyalty over and over and over again. I'll stay with you for five years. I will drain the swamp and then I will go to him, drain the swamp there for 10 years and move on and so on and so forth. Am I right? Prophet Jose, you know, we've been around. We know what's happening in the body of Christ to a large degree. Are you listening to me? So we have to be very, very wise. Loyalty is a staple of a man and a woman of God, and loyalty will always be tested. Your loyalty will always be tested. Always. Let me ask you a question. On the home front, is loyalty a requirement in marriage? I said, is loyalty a requirement in marriage? Yes. Why? Because I vow to be with you, I vow to stay with you no matter what. I'm not with you just because you are 120, 119 pounds of all curves and come on somebody. So I say yes, I do to 118 pounds. glory and you vow to cook for me wash my clothes raise my kids and still make time for me whenever I want I in return will promise to bring home the bacon Money and real swine, real pig. I will bring home the groceries. I will make sure that I provide. And that's the extent of our agreement. We will stay together until we bring up these kids. You see, what ends up happening, though, if any of those things I've just mentioned begin to change, all of a sudden, she's ill, and she can't be as affectionate to you as you thought. All of a sudden, his job lets him go after 25 years, and he can't provide for you right away. Where is your loyalty? Where is your loyalty? Are you listening to me? I heard the story of a of a 30-something-year-old man who married a beautiful young lady when all of a sudden she gets into a horrifying accident and her face is almost burned off. It's melted. 
After some time, this young man, 30-something, with what used to be a beautiful young lady as a wife, ends up leaving her because he says he deserves better. And he turns around and leaves her. My question is this, was he ever loyal? I said, was he ever loyal? He wasn't loyal. Why? His loyalty was contingent on her beauty. And the moment that her beauty shifted, his loyalty shifted. And now he's no longer loyal to her. He's looking for someone else. He was never loyal. Loyalty is another story that was on the news of a man who was engaged to a beautiful young lady. And then all of a sudden, some jealous, crazy, deranged person comes with a spray can full of acid. And when she's walking down the street, this person sprays two or three times in the face of this beautiful young lady. She begins to scream. She begins to try to get things out of her face and doesn't realize that what she's doing is that she is disfiguring herself because her skin is now melting. She ends up being taken care of by the hospital, the doctors, and so on and so forth. And then her fiancé gets to the hospital. And he sees for the first time this horrific scene. She's bandaged up, but they describe what she's going to look like. She's there for a good amount of time, ends up healing her skin, if you will. They take off her bandages, and she looks horrific, literally a monstrosity in comparison to what she looked like. And she looks at herself in the mirror for the first time and begins to weep and cry and cry and cry, and then her fiancé is there holding her hand, and he, she turns around weeping and says, you don't have to. And he says to her, what do you mean I don't have to? He says, I release, she says, I release you. You don't have to marry me. You don't have to marry this monster. And he throws his arms around her and says, I was not engaged to you just because of your outward beauty. I was engaged to you because of your inward beauty. And no one will be ever able to take that away from you. He ends up walking down the aisle with this disfigured young lady that may look ugly on the outside, but inside she was beautiful as the day he met her. They had beautiful children, and the story goes on. They've been married for years now. That, my friend, is loyalty. Everyone say loyalty. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a clap offering. God is good. Everybody stand to your feet. Are you 
a loyal person? Or is your devotion to someone contingent on circumstances and situations? Does your wife know without a shadow of a doubt that if something were to happen to you outwardly, your appearance, your economic status, your health, that you have loyalty in that relationship? Do you know that you have loyalty in that relationship? I always mess around with my wife, always telling her how beautiful she is. She must be completely tired of it. But I'm always telling her how beautiful she is, always, almost every day, I think. But what God forbid if something ever happened, that her appearance changed. And it doesn't have to be an accident. It can be intentional, like eating a lot and getting bigger than what you're used to. Some husbands belittle their wives because they gain weight. And so you're critical. Instead of helping her lose weight, instead of encouraging her to lose weight, in fact, instead of loving her to lose weight, you're critical of her. And she's walking around with an inferiority complex. She looks at herself and says, I'm ugly because you don't make her feel beautiful. We're talking about loyalty here. Are you listening to me? Pastor, well, the only way I can get her to lose weight is by blasting her all the time. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Love her. Love goes a long way. Is there an amen in the house? But I want you to examine your heart, every single one of you here today. and. I'm not talking about loyalty now to anyone else. But are you loyal to God? God says, I'm looking for someone who is loyal. I'm looking for loyalty. Are you loyal to God? Are you, are you at the point in your walk with the Lord that loyalty is the mark, the earmark of your relationship with God? Put your hand over your heart right now, will you please? I want, I want you to say, Lord Jesus, take out of my heart disloyalty. Everything in me that is tied to conditions, circumstances, as it relates to my relationship with you. I want to love you and serve you no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I have or what I don't have, no matter what goes my way 
or goes against my feelings. I want to love you and be loyal to you. I want you to count on me no matter what happens in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Man, there's an anointing right now. God is looking for loyalty, man. I said God's looking for loyalty. He's looking for loyalty. I, I wasn't even able to unpack this message. Uh, I think I just shared 10% of this message. There's so much scripture and so much I wanted to share. God, God is looking for loyalty. Is there an amen in the house? He's looking for loyalty, 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 loyalty to your church, loyalty to your leaders, more than anything, and above everything I've mentioned, loyalty to God, to God. Is there an amen? You know, my loyalty to God was tested. It was tested in 19... 98, when my wife was pregnant, eight months with a little baby boy. And one day she wakes up and tells me, sweetheart, when is this baby going to kick me? It's been active for eight months. And she says, this morning, he hasn't kicked me. He hasn't been moving. My heart sunk. I grabbed her. I said, let's go. We went to the hospital. I dropped her off in the entrance of Northwestern Hospital there. And as she went in, I went and drove away to find a parking. And as I drove away to find a parking, I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and say this. Remember how you asked me if you would ever stay faithful to me no matter what? Today you'll find out. I heard that voice speak to me. I drove, I parked the car, went up the elevator into the room where my wife was with an ultrasound machine there next to her and the doctor sitting on the bed. And the doctor looks over at my wife and says, I'm sorry, your baby is deceased. Your baby has passed away. My wife said, how can this be? She began to weep. I began to weep. I went into the washroom there in that little hospital room went into the washroom. I threw myself on the floor and I began to cry and weep. And I said, oh God, oh God, how can this be? And all of a sudden, I felt a supernatural peace come on my heart and mind and literally it enveloped me and I was able to come out of that washroom a different person. I, was, I came out with the strength to comfort my wife, to embrace my wife, to walk my wife through the pain. But one thing I'll tell you is that every time I came to God in prayer and in worship, 
It was a stronger, more intimate relationship I had with God. Why? Because now I was praising Him and seeking Him in the midst of inexplicable pain rather than in the mountain of joy and excitement. Is there an amen? And so it's important for you to know, are you loyal to God? No matter what. Right now, I'm going to ask if there's anyone at the sound of my voice that is not born again. You don't know if you were to die today, if you're going to heaven or not. But today, a simple little prayer can change all of that. If right now you're not certain, you're not certain that if you were to leave this place and die, where you would spend eternity, I want you to know today where you're going to spend eternity. Today you can know. Listen to me carefully. I don't know how many of you watched the news yesterday, CNN, Fox News. The President of the United States, Donald Trump, alongside the Secretary of, 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 of Health and, 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 and so on and so forth, and the Department of Health and, and uh, Disease Control and so on and so forth. All of these people next to him each one coming to the podium and addressing the nation on the seriousness, listen to me, on the seriousness of this disease, this virus that is running rampant and affecting the nations, affecting our economy. We're living in prophetic times. Daniel foresaw, uh, saw this day coming. Ezekiel saw this day coming. John saw this day coming. Jesus prophesied this day would be here. With all of our technology, with all of our medical advancements, with all of our geniuses and scientists and so on and so forth, we have not yet been able to find a vaccine for a disease or virus that is literally traveling through the whole world as we speak. Not me, Pastor. It'll never touch me. We find out that the second nation, the third nation, right now, next to China, Iran, now the third nation is Italy. My wife and I came from Italy just a week ago, or a week and a half or so ago. You have got to walk under the anointing and the protection of Almighty God. We can't play church. We can't just come to church and, and skip one week and skip another week and come to church every so often and expect the divine power of God to watch over our children, to watch over our lives, to keep us and protect us. Are you kidding me? You better hang on to Jesus because we are living in the end times whether you want to receive it or not, whether you want to laugh about it or not, we are in the end times. Amen in the house. 
you better get your friends in this church. Bring your family members. Talk to your mama and your daddy. Talk to your brother and your sister, your uncle and your auntie. Bring your friend and your coworker. Come on, your party hardy buddy. Come on, bring them all. Bring them, bring them, bring them. Bring them, bring them, bring them. Because right now the world is fearful of what's happening. And the governments provide no answers. Is there an amen? The gospel of Jesus Christ, Psalms 91. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 may die all around you, but no disease shall come near your dwelling place. My time is up. All right. My time is up. Been up. Raise up your hands. Say, Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior from this moment on. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in the book of life. I thank you that because of this simple prayer, right now, I am saved. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. If you said that prayer for the first time, come to me after service. Amen. We want to meet you. We want to greet you. Glory to God. Amen. Come up here, guys.